Calvin, what would someone have to pay you to throw yourself off a two-story building? Oh, I don't. I mean, here's here's how I would honestly work it out in my mind, Jared. If I had a few, if I had a couple minutes to try and work it out, like a, a price, I'm guaranteed I'm gonna break my leg. So I'm out of commission for like eight <laughs> weeks, and so I need like I need a pay for that eight weeks to survive. Then I need to like some sort of uh, fee for pain and suffering because I've like just yeah. don't like to be injured like that. Just I'm just weird. Yeah, you you're know. bedridden. But like it just like that homebound. months of misery. Like it would have to be a lot. There's a couple things I want to talk about today. One of them is a new skill that I've been learning, and one okay. is a very cool business idea. Those are my adventures for today. Okay, let's just pause. Let's choose one. Okay, let's talk about the new skill. Since we're kind of going to be talking about odd skills today, let's hear this. Yes, here's the skill. Everyone, thanks for listening to the Open Road Podcast. I'm Jeremy. We have Calvin over there. We're here to help you find adventure in the everyday, and we do that by sharing with you the adventures that we are on. And they today, know who we are, Jerry. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But we might have new listeners. We might have new All listeners. All right, that's fine. Um, before we get to our interview with free running sensation Gabe, we're going to chat a little bit. Uh, so you want the skill, Calv? Yeah, I want to hear your skill. I'm, I'm, you know me. I'm always looking to better myself in some way. So interested in new skills, and then I, I, maybe I kind of see that as a bit of a threat from you. You got a skill that I'm like, I don't even know about. What is yeah, this? You've and been this like spending all this time. Okay, and this one got? is a this one is a huge threat to you because it's something that you want to do that you haven't done that I have. Oh, done. frick! Oh, I know exactly what this is. I can fly a drone. Uh, is that a skill? I mean, <laughs> of course it is. Dude, is do you know how many Jer- people? Yes. Do you know how many people fly these things is into it trees Jer- into rivers? Is it Jer? Calv, if I how were long to did give it take you, you to learn it? Less than a less than an hour. Okay. Here's the thing, Calvin. I will tell you this. Think about a picture. Think about a photographer. If yeah. I give you a, a DSLR, do you all of a sudden call yourself a photographer? I know how to point a rectangle at things and take a picture. So yes. Well, does that therefore mean no? That you don't call yourself a photographer. Take, you can exactly. Take a what exactly. do you call yourself, and a so, professional drone pilot? No, but here's the thing. With a skill comes in being able to make shots really fluid and beautiful. And okay. with this drone, which is a, you know, it's a Phantom 3 from five years ago. Oh, it's, it's old. Not the, it's not it's the old. easiest just to go, chuk, 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 you know. You, you can't always get a super smooth shot unless you have good control, which takes practice. Um, a friend lent me a drone, and I've been having a ton of fun flying it. And yeah, I've been learning that new skill of of what's gonna look good, what's gonna look just like drones are old news. Look at this, drones are old news. So if I'm I gonna know, do anything they, cool they with are. a drone, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get creative. You know, a but drone anyways. is that thing, Jer, that has been like, it's always on my mind for some reason. Like I want one so bad just because I want to fly it around, but I just have, z- I have literally zero use for it. Like, what am I gonna film? Like a river? Like, what am I gonna do with that? I, I have no use for it, but I just want to. I think I just need to spend like borrow it for a day from someone, and so I can get it out of my system that I can do it and master it. Well, exactly, and that's what the fun has been having. It is it's something that is it can't be that hard to fly it. It can't be that hard to figure it no. out. So many people have them. However, until you've actually done it, you it's just a a big question mark that keeps you up at night, which is exactly what you just said to me. Right, right. 
I love that there's so many problems with them now that like they're being <laughs> outlawed in cities. I just love that. Yeah. Like <laughs> and there's I just this love warning. That you can like an- annoy people from afar with them. <laughs> we they are creepy, man. If you don't know who's flying a drone, well, like exactly. I went to I went to go fly it down by the waterfalls by our house and I was like standing from afar and kind of could see the people who it was like buzzing in their face and they're all pointing up at it like look, look. Right. And anyways, quickly I went over there to kind of show them because there were these two kids and they were all excited because they had never seen one. And they were asking me if you could get one at Walmart and all these hilarious questions. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that at Walmart? <laughs> um, so anyway, so that's that's the new skill that uh, that I've been learning, which is the first thing I wanted to share with you. It's, cool, it's been fun. And, and here's the thing that's actually been the most adventurous part about it is it gets you outside and yeah I was I was meeting people I had something to talk about with people that I met at the falls and it was just this nice little thing to it was the perfect thing for adding adventure to the everyday is getting outside and flying the drone it was it was absolutely awesome is awesome I, it's right I love me. everything about that the thing that I really don't like about it is I is it like kind of draws a crowd to yourself you know what I mean? Like, did, did you find that? Like, people like, oh, there's a guy flying a drone. Better go talk to him or see what he's doing or distract him in some way. Well, that's probably the difference between you and me is because I kind of like that. And okay, fair. I actually didn't draw people to me. I kind of went to them because I actually did feel creepy with it flying over top of their heads. Got it. I kind of wanted to show them that I was a normal dude and not some weird creepo at the park. Right, right. So, anyway, so that was that. Okay. And here's the other thing that I was thinking about. So Yeah, let's hear it. But you have to tell me part of this story. Kate, you sent me this week one of the best photos that I've ever seen in my life. What f- I can't even think of what this is. And it was a photo of a calendar. And the oh. photo on the <laughs> calendar was two disgusting rodent possums. Yeah, the fe- featured animal of, the, of August. Where did you find that calendar? Is hanging up in our office, Jer. It's our office no, calendar. No, it's not. Yes, it no, is. No, it's not. <laughs> it's hanging what? in our office. I walked by it. I was like, oh, yeah, possums. We were just talking Ooh. about possums <laughs> and how they're the scourge of the you know, animal kingdom. <laughs> Literally the and yet worst they are possible featured animal. For the, a whole month of August, I got to look at these things. That's a long <laughs> time. That's a big commitment for two possums. Oh, man. And like they're not like they're mangy looking. They're kind of endearing. I don't know. They're, yeah, they're horrible. So my next thought was, wouldn't sure. it be hilarious to create uh, an open road pod calendar and every month was a new, like, heinous rodent from the Canadian wilderness? <laughs> and just then like, just see just how, just like... maybe shine a light on those, <laughs> you know, those not necessarily ever uh, calendar-featured animals. Exactly. Like the ones that are like the ugly ducklings of our world. Uh, I was uh, picking up, uh, cleaning up my wood pile beside my house today. uh, And there was this little mole that was underneath the wood and he was crawling around. And when I moved his wood, he started freaking out and I tried to capture him, but he got away just in the nick of time. But that would be a a pretty nasty little creature that could make the calendar as well. But I was thinking we could make millions off it. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. It's just one of those novelty parody calendars with all these nasty rodents on it. Anyway, that was where my mind went because it just was so shocking and so hilarious that it's these disturbing. possums were were the photo that this person thought should be on this thing. So, anyways, that's it. Okay. Well, um, I mean, Jared, we have like a pretty cool guest this week. I'm really excited about it. 
this is the um, kind of guy that you you would only be able to capture his true skill if you were following him with a drone. Very interesting. You're right, Jer. Um, so, I mean, have you ever been involved in film in any way in a major production? Have you ever seen it? Happen? I have no. not. Been, have you? I mean, I went to um, Universal Studios, and then actually, this is a funny, funny fact. You're interrupting my Universal they Studios were filming... story. Okay, hit me with your Universal Studio Studios. You know what the story. Universal Studios is, Jer? In Florida, isn't it that thing in yeah, Florida? Yeah, you go to Florida, and basically, you know, you're walking through movie sets. You know, you get to be BTS cool. ET. You seen ET, Jer? Basically, <laughs> you live ET. <laughs> Yeah, wow, that's amazing. In under 25 minutes. It's unbelievable. Okay, go on. What's your story? Actually, s- speaking of which, I am excited for the new Star Wars world that's coming. That's going to be cool. I don't care at all about Star Wars. Um, my story is this is how close I got to a movie set or a big production. There was a sign on our front yard or an email or a notice that went out or something that told us that they were filming Murdoch Mysteries, an episode of Murdoch Mysteries, just around the corner from our house. So depressing, Jer. It's so depressing. Like, oh, Murdoch Mysteries. <laughs> it's like the saddest. Okay, but that's a Canadian classic. So it's Canadian discouragement. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I was kind of annoyed that we were gone for that weekend because it would have been really fun to have been here and to like go over to the set and hang and out dr- and drone fly. You know, offer people, offer people <laughs> lemonade. Yeah, drone fly. <laughs> Just absolutely disrupt everything. That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, the ultimate in disturbance. That's good. So, okay, well, anyway, we were almost about to introduce our guest and then went off on a tangent. Uh, Gabe Nunez is a professional free runner. He started a really cool company called Tempest Free Running, and he's been in all kinds of crazy movies, and today we get to talk about it. If you want to capture his true agility and speed and skill, you would have to follow him with a drone, and he could probably outpace a drone is, is probably what I would say. Okay, so... First of and, all, like uh, go on this guy's IMBD. It's insane the amount of movies he's been in. Yeah. Go on, open up his IMDb on your cell phone or wherever you are and just enjoy the conversation that we have with Gabe. Okay, let's, let's bring him it. on. I I'm open to talk about anything you guys are interested in, yeah. really. You're um, an avid gardener and uh <laughs> and you know, figurine collector. Andrew Dude, tells you us should, you should see my backyard. I just did some gardening this summer. Nice. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> no, not real gardening, but we we just redid our backyard, and I spent a couple months out there. It was pretty brutal. I'm over it. Does yeah. spreading mulch mul- spreading mulch everywhere count as gardening? Yeah, that's part of it. You I kind of hope so. If you didn't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to talk to you guys about um, anything as far as as film and and stuff. Mm-hmm film goes and then as well as uh my company tempest we're we're doing a lot of cool stuff so any chance i get to speak about that i yeah for sure really love it cool okay cool what's cool. the brief skinny on tempest just for for me tempest is a um free running company okay that operates in the action sports world and we provide classes and and um no lessons way and open gym and, and birthday parties at our facilities. We have three Tempest Freerunning Academies in cool. Southern California. Oh, right. That is really cool. Yeah. I'm cool. looking to expand that. And then um, that's just a piece of what we're doing. We we initially started as a freerunning team 
Um, so we've, we've got pro athletes that are sponsored to, uh, compete all around the world. Right. We've got, uh, clothing and, and shoe brand that we're, we're pushing in that streetwear kind of fashion side of things, as well as just trying to improve our technical abilities so that everything we make actually works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, uh, and then we're kind of a media house by nature. We've been creating media since we started because, that's where the sport and culture lives. It's, right. it's it was born online and and you know although it brings people together um, from time to time at events and and community gatherings, at the end of the day, um, it really spread like wildfire because of the ability to connect with people around the world through the internet. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, that's. So yeah, trying to mesh all that together, and then you know, as a company, trying to pioneer this industry. We we want to create opportunity. We want people to be able to have careers in this field, and mm-hmm. whether that means getting paid to compete as an athlete, or to coach at a facility, or to build a facility, or to film somebody. Just all around, we want to we want to see this industry kind of bubble up and provide opportunities and it's it's already starting to and now it's just the goal is to kind of continue and push hard on that so that you know it's not only happening within our company but hopefully other brands and companies will will pop up and take suit or follow suit is that a pretty basic skill that you find like in the industry like guys just need to have is that kind of free running ability or because it just seems to me kind of um just kind of like a standard platform that everyone should kind of have an understanding of well it's interesting because i would say free running and stunts are they're they're two totally different fields um but that said there's a lot of crossover and, okay and tempest was fortunate enough to be kind of birthed right around the same time that free running um parkour and free running got popular in hollywood mm-hmm. and so so what happened is as athletes we really wanted to be pushing the sport and, and essentially, you know, everybody has that dream of like being the Tony Hawk. Um, right, right. And, and we really wanted to just kind of push on that sport and push it competitively. Um, right. Hollywood side of things, what happened is, is everybody saw that chase scenes shouldn't be just people running through. Mm. They should be, this combination of, of, of parkour movement um, with whatever the storyline entails. And, and, you know, depending on which project, some people take it further um, and it's not as realistic. But at the end of the day, that was the eye-opener, I think, for Hollywood to say, like, holy shit, this is what chase scenes should always look like. Right. And, and they should only get better from here on out. And so right. at that point, we saw our individual stunt careers blow up. I mean, we were, we were nonstop working. Um, right. Well, it's like, it was going from two dimensional to three dimensional, like so much, you know, creativity opened up for doing these scenes and, and athletes, you know, just pushing the limits and being able to do it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, car companies and everybody wanted to use it in their marketing or they wanted to use it to make the next best chase mm-hmm. scene. And you saw, you know, Bourne then took it to the next level. And and there's guys going out of a window with the camera behind them and going into the next window th- over a gap. And, and it constantly, you know, keeps growing. And and uh, so I think now I would say that, 
yes, at least some basic parkour and, and, and free running is, is a skill set that, you know, an all around stunt person should, should have. Absolutely. Right. But again, they both kind of grew on their own separately as well. I mean, the competition side of our, our sport and, um, the community gatherings and the production quality of, of things that were happening in our sport there, that's also been, um, consistently growing and getting better as well. So the sport is in a whole different place, just the same way that, you know, these, these chase sequences are in, in Hollywood films. Hmm. Now I was, one of the questions that I was wondering about before we got going is, uh, there's free running and there's also the other word that you've used a couple of times, parkour. Is there a difference between the two? Is one a little bit more professional and one a little more common vernacular? What's the, act- is there, what's the difference, if any? So, you know, you can get different answers on this depending on who you ask. The way we look at it is, is parkour. Well, first of all, parkour is, is all about efficient movement. Um, okay. And, and the approach was to get from point A to point B as efficiently as possible. Um, at, at some point in the history of, of this, um, two guys split off and I don't want to go too deep into this, but (laughs) essentially free running became an English term to describe this, right? Something that was a little easier to translate. Um, it was done during one of the BBC documentaries that they did on, uh, okay on who on the guy who's credited as the founder of free running um huh. so sebastian Foucault and david bell was credited as the um founder of parkour so you essentially got a little more freedom from this word free running a little less strict a little more about finding your own path um but the way that we look at it and the way that tempest kind of has always looked at it is you can't be a free runner if you don't do parkour, we, we think it is the most essential and, and it is the core foundation of, of what free running is. So it's, you can't have one without the other. We use free running because, um, you know, back in the day when, when those two terms were being kind of thrown at each other or against each other and there's community arguments over this all the time. <laughs> sure. Tempest, Tempest has always said, you know what, look, we're, we're about, everybody finding their own true freedom, everybody um, pushing themselves in, in the ways that they want to, whether it's in creativity or difficulty or, or all those things combined. So for us, free running is, is what really stuck, and that's why it's in our name as a company. Hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I was looking at your uh, IMDB, and there's so many really cool things that you've worked on, Gabe. Um, would you... For our listeners, I mean, we are so clueless as to what it looks like when you get on uh, on set for a big movie and how the stunts work and, and how all that works. Could you walk us through what that's like, maybe with an example of a project that you worked on? So maybe pick one of your favorite ones or something where something crazy happened and kind of give us a picture for what that's actually like. Because I'm thinking of different things in my head, but I don't think I have a clear picture. And also maybe describe the buffet. oh awesome um absolutely that's the best part um so yeah i i guess i would use the film that one of my favorite films actually was in toronto so so i'll even bring it closer to home for you guys yeah Yeah. so i i'm a slacker so i don't remember the year but i did the uh total recall remake and i doubled colin farrell on that very cool 
and we shot that in Toronto for what four months, I believe. I believe we were in Toronto for four months um, during the summer. So amazing, became one of my favorite cities in the world. Loved you gotta, it. You got to come back Just, soon. We'll be happy to host you. Dude, I would love to, man. I I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that time. And for me, it was a really cool experience, like just to be out on my own, not with a lot of people that I knew. Right, right. I got a lot of self-development and personal growth out of that trip. Um, In a foreign country. Yeah, in a foreign country, but but in a country like, I mean, Canada is everywhere I've been in Canada, which isn't a lot of places, Vancouver and Toronto and a couple things in between, but everywhere has been awesome but toronto has this like crazy mix of cultures and during the summer like you can tell that you guys have some gnarly winters because (laughs) during the summer it's like the city comes to life in a way that i've never really i've never experienced in any other right right i mean there's people everywhere there's a festival every day of the week (laughs) ethiopian (laughs) festival puerto rican festival gay pride festival i went to everything nice um and then concerts also i mean i probably oh, yeah a concert a week while i was there right so yeah it was just it was just super sick i i really enjoyed all of my time outside of work um but i'll i'll use that too because that was one of the bigger films that that i've worked on and um i guess i'll start by saying every job is different you if you're if you're what we call a day player um, and you're just getting hired on a job to go in um, and play one one character for the day or for right. you know maybe even a week or two, then you're usually a nondescript character um, yep. or an indie stuntman, which could be anything from standing on the side of the road and a car crash happens and you're jumping out of the way um, to being a soldier in some sort of a big battle and, and in the background you're getting shot. Right. Um, Sometimes you're interacting with the actor as well, and you're not in the background. You're right up front and center, and and you know there's a little more, a little more uh, stress and and ability involved in in performing well in that aspect. But for Total Recall, for me, that was, um, I believe that yeah, this is my first what we call one X. So when you're one X, you're you're the number one name on the call sheet. Okay. Um, that means you're doubling the number one actor on the film. Very cool. Um, so you're doubling the lead. So I was doubling the lead on this. So this was a really interesting experience for me because it was my first full feature film where I did that. Um, in the past, I doubled Adam Sandler and I doubled some some leads before, but not on the entire run of a film. Adam Sandler seems like a less challenging <laughs> double. Just going to say maybe, perhaps. And when I tell you this, you're going to be like, no way. You are absolutely wrong. I know. <laughs> I've done some of my biggest stunts on Adam Sandler films. Oh, Get that's out. Um, good. Yeah, because it's comedy and they want to do some off the wall. Sure, okay, shit. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> right, right, right. They want to do something that is not real. So a lot of times, you know, when you're doing something that actually couldn't happen, you're putting a lot more on the line. Um, but no, I mean, it just depends. Like I said, every every scene has a different a different piece in it. And so for Total Recall, you know, I showed up on, on this really big film. I don't remember what the budget was.
When I showed up on those sets, they literally had like a Chinatown built with a river right in the center of it. So if you if you go no back way. to the movie, yeah, um, I can watch the movie. You'll see. Like, I mean, there was days where it was raining on set, and it's actually like you're in a studio, or, right? It's or you're in a soundstage, yeah. And this place is pouring rain. The whole set was designed and built to look like this. This, I believe it's China, um, in the film, and there's wow. actual storefronts. There's actual stuff in all these stores. You're literally walking through China in the rain, full on. In Toronto. With, yeah, with people that are vending these shops and, and everybody's trying to play their character and, and being who they are. Um, so it's, it's absolutely like mind boggling for a minute wow. when, when you haven't done a lot of that. The hilarious thing is that Toronto has a Chinatown already made. <laughs> Yeah, but they can't control it the way they control these <laughs> no, sets. No, that's right, yeah. It's amazing the way that, that they... So some cool. of these sets they build are crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, so every set was larger than life. Um, that was incredible. All the hover cars were super teched out, crazy, and I was riding mm. in those things um, sometimes on a daily basis. And, and those things, I mean... I'm going off on a tangent here because that film, that's what makes this film so cool for me is I got to do a little bit of everything. Um, right. You know, some people, it takes a whole career to experience the things I got to experience on this one film mm -hmm. in a, four months. Um, but they built those hover cars and essentially what they were is they're these fake hover cars on top of like a Formula One race car. Whoa. But, hey. but these Formula Whoa. One race cars they are built with two separate axles. I'm, I'll be really shitty at explaining this because I'm not a car guy. But these axles right. are not connected. So the car can go forwards and backwards, but it can also crab left and right. Whoa. Oh. So, yeah, so right. in order to do that, each car has two drivers. There's a guy driving in the back and a guy driving in the front. Right. So, if, so if you could picture a Formula One car with a guy driving up by the front axle... And then another guy driving back on the back axle, and it has all the body stripped off of it. So all you see is the guts of the car, the the bones of the car, I guess. Mm. And then on top of that, maybe three or four feet above the car itself, so just over the heads of the guys driving, mm -hmm. are these cars that you actually saw on film. And these are the ones that look like these badass hover cars. Right. Huh. So, so in there is where the actors or myself and the other stunt double would be sitting, depending on what the gag was. So these cars, there's, I believe there's like four or six of them or something. So these cars are all learning how to do choreographed scenes and they're doing crashes, bumping against each other and all this Whoa. stuff. I mean, flying under the tunnels and, and, and overpasses. And these drivers are, I mean, the best of the best. And I'm sitting in the top acting like I'm doing the driving. And I'm right. literally <laughs> not in control of anything. So if, if anything goes wrong, I, I'm going to sit there and just enjoy the ride. Right. So um, do you have any, like, uh, I'm, I'm guessing you're pretty good at free running, hence uh, the company. <laughs> but do you have any particular, like, um, specialty that would, um, like, help you get different jobs? I mean, so free running would be my specialty. Okay. Um, but I, but I consider myself pretty well rounded in, okay. in being able to fight and take take reactions. Um, right. 
you know, we've we've got to be pretty good at getting shot. And mm-hmm. and as a as a brown guy in this industry, mm-hmm. I I've taken lots and lots of bullet hits. <laughs> uh, you you end up, you know. I, I make this joke. It's a really bad joke, so I'm, I shouldn't say it. I would love I for you to do. make it, though. Um, <laughs> but when, when, when shit is going really, really wrong in the world, I, my career is, like, skyrocketing. <laughs> so there's when, when terrorists are active, right. film, film and TV really want to portray that. And so guess right. who they're calling? They're calling? They're calling people who can rock that look. Right. Villain. Um, same thing. I mean, so... This year, probably more than most, I've I've played either a gangbanger, a terrorist, or some sort of South American soldier more than I ever have. Now, how do you um how do you feel about some of that? I was recently watching uh, Aziz Ansari's show, Master of None, and he has a good episode about he's you know always cast in the Indian role of a taxi driver or a whatever. It's a, it's been kind of a fun show to watch, and how he's kind of annoyed by that, and part of the show is him kind of wrestling with that. Uh, how does that how does that obviously it's nice to have lots of work but is there other like things that you're feeling when that's kind of the work you're getting or what's that like i mean i i think it might be different for somebody who cares about their face getting on camera who wants who wants you know right the attention that maybe an actor might crave um or or just wants to you know do that in their career i'm 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 absolutely happy to get paid to stay hidden Right. The um, whole the whole point of your job is that you're not recognized. Absolutely. So so you know, to me, it is what it is. Um, obviously, you see it in Hollywood films, and sometimes it's more annoying than others. Right. Um, but you know, it it kind of at the end of the day, half of what they're trying to do is they're trying to tell a story, and sometimes that story is super legit and it needs that, and sometimes that story is funny, um, and and I like comedy, so I'm I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just really depends, but it doesn't bother me too much. Um, and to be honest, you know, it's it's great when there's a bunch of us on a project because then sure. you know a lot of people are a lot of people are getting work out of this, and they're trying to bring bring in the right people for the right jobs that um, have the correct look. So yeah. you know, I don't know. I it, it is what it is. I, I enjoy pretty much every job i've got and uh yeah i don't know i don't think i have too much issue with it yeah no that's cool that's cool again like i said it might be different if i was trying to um pursue an acting career and i was watching some some positions that maybe should go Mm -hmm. to somebody with the correct background um get taken or get get misplaced that might be a little different for me but it's not my ambition so i i understand all that but doesn't right doesn't yeah, hit me and, too hard in my career yeah and i'm also fortunate enough to look like a white guy too so <laughs> so i my, you my look can is, do both my look is unique enough that yeah i mean a, a lot of guys i know will never double a lead actor they'll never know what that's like oh right? interesting because i mean frankly most of the time 90 i don't i don't know what the percentage is i won't try to do that but there's there's very few lead actors that are not white so guys and will smith yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) no there are some but you know what i mean like most most of my friends that have any sort of cuban mexican puerto rican um asian especially 
um, those backgrounds, there's just not a lot of leads. And the Asian guys do their own stunts anyways, so it's like uh, (laughs) pointless. Uh, Oh, maybe, maybe in China. (laughs) No, not even there, actually. They're recycling them there cycling through them so that's, um, that's a cool that's cool to hear you kind of explain this dynamic between the difference between being an actor and then being you know the one of the hundreds of really thousands of people behind the scenes that go into any of these massive productions what is that dynamic like when you're on set like are have there been a lot of people that are like super big names that are really humble and nice to be around and then others that are not or is that always kind of i'm, I'm sure it varies by project to project. You know, there's a lot of stories out there that I've heard about people that are not too friendly to be around. I've been fortunate to not really, I don't think I've ever come across that in a way that, you know, affected me or my work. Um, So I've been, I've been pretty fortunate and especially doubling, like I doubled Taylor Lautner and, and uh, Colin Farrell the most. And, Mm -hmm. Those two dudes are awesome, man. Super nice. cool guy. Super friendly. Very, very talented. Um, Colin Farrell like surprised me when I, when we were working on Total Recall. He was remembering names. He would never leave the set without saying thank you to whoever was helping him in that scene. Mm. I mean, just all about it, and and a pro in every sense of the word. And so for oh, me, cool. that like. That was that was cool because then it made me feel like okay cool I'm doubling a I'm doubling a good dude yeah not, not one of these people who you hear that's treating people like shit and yeah 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 um, that has too much ego um, so yeah yeah I mean I I, I, uh, I also just kind of had a question about the ego situation like have you ever what at what level will the actor kind of do their own stunt do you know what i mean like what like at what part do you is it necessary for you to step in and it's like okay that's too much we got to get gabe in to do this though it's seemingly maybe not that difficult so every actor is different right um some actors really want to get in there and they want to do as much as possible and, mm-hmm. and then my job is to either uh persuade them otherwise or um or just to make sure that they are absolutely as safe as possible doing that um so So you are coordinating then the stunt for them if if they want to go that route well the stunt coordinator is coordinating the stunt overall um but as a double my responsibility is that actor so you know there's there's uh i'm trying to think of a specific scene i can't think of one right now but there's there's some scenes in total recall oh okay here's one um, there's this entire fight scene that's like it was super next level the way they shot this thing. Spiro Rosado shot this um, and put these 360 cameras around this whole fight scene in Total Recall. And oh, wow. the the camera goes all the way around the fight once, all the way back, and then all the way around again. Um, and and it's it's so it's not actually 360, but it almost goes a full 360 degree. Right. Um, and this is a really intense fight scene with gunfire and i mean if i remember correctly he's he's both hand to hand and um in gunfire combat with i would say more than 10 people um (laughs) and this and this thing is one scene and i did none of it i did absolutely none of it oh really colin did all of that so my job in that is to um 
one, make sure he knows that choreography um, to help him pick off things that he could be doing better yeah. um, to make sure he's safe and to make sure, you know, if somebody's firing a gun uh, near his face that he remembers, like, hey, your, your face shouldn't be moving over this way. There's gunfire coming from there. Um, so there's a lot of those little mm-hmm. things that, that I can be doing, even if I'm not in the scene, I can be, you know, some, in some cases, if he's got to take a fall and this is a fall where they need to see his face, um, <clears throat> then I'm going to put pads on him and I'm going to make sure that he's got the right padding in the right place and that the floor is either padded or cleared of any debris that are going to cause right. an issue. So we're, you know, our job is, is to be paying attention to that stuff, whether or not we're actually performing, um, especially when you're doubling somebody. Well, that's really cool and kind of highlights that what you said before where you said Colin Farrell's a true pro and for you to be a true pro, you have to be really observant of all that stuff and be critically thinking about what, what, if this was really happening, what would it look like? How would it all make sense? And, you know, for the list, for the watcher, which is just people like me, it's, they do such an incredible job and you don't even know it's all fake. It's just incredible. It's just amazing. Yeah, well, and and then fake is a relative term too because a lot of it is a lot of it is real. A lot yeah, of the yeah, hits yeah. Take are real, but but they're you know they're done in a way that's repeatable. Right. Um, Doesn't kill you <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Your goal is to try to make all these gags um, look as bad as possible, but feel yeah, right as right. good but as possible. It's hard to like synthesize falling down a set of stairs. At a certain point, you just have to literally fall down the stairs <laughs> absolutely there's a so there's a scene in total recall where colin gets shot at the end of the movie um well spoiler alert damn it, gabe i haven't seen <laughs> it <laughs> guys guys it's like five six years old okay. <laughs> if, if, if i, I love how it for you now, you're too late <laughs> yeah that's amazing Gabe's like i do not oh. care you guys suck if you haven't seen it <laughs> i didn't hey i didn't tell you if he lives or dies. just said he got shot <laughs> that's true um but no, he gets shot and he has to fall down a super steep wall. Um, and, and for me, like I got, I got to pad up a little bit, but, um, I also have to wear what he's wearing and, right. and okay. if, yeah. if he's not covered up and stuff, then I can't cover that part of my body. And so, <clears throat> so, um, taking that fall, I mean, that, that was one that, you know, that I felt that a lot and right. And, and so, like, describe this fall to us. Like, is it like how high and and what went down? Uh, Gabe went it's down. Probably like, yeah. What went <laughs> down was me. Um, so he's standing up at the top. He's running. He's running away. Okay. Um, with uh, Jessica Biel's character, he gets shot in the shoulder. I believe it was. So my job was to fall to take the hit and then fall and clip the little edge. Of, of the platform that I'm standing on and right. then to essentially roll down this super steep um, wall that takes you down to the next platform and next level of this, uh, this okay. big you know ship that they're on. And when I, when I hit, it's also raining in this scene and everything is wet. And of course. Um, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't roll much. I kind of slid. And when I slid down, I hit all the way you know, I, I got all the way to the bottom, obviously, and it, the bottom is made of these grates. Um, okay. And, and the floor is like, if you were to mix sand with paint, um, it's, it's kind of like grip tape, right? 
So yep. <clears throat> when I hit that floor, I felt every bit of that stuff. Right. Um, but that was one of those, like, that's this is what happens in the story. And, and my job is to, one, pat up, make sure that I'm, you know, prepared safe. to take the hit as, as safely as possible. And then, two, to be able to, like, perform this in a way that's repeatable if I have to go back up there and do it again. Right. Um, and so, you know, stuff like that, you you know it's going to hurt going into it. And, mm. and hurt and injure... Are, are two different words and, mm. and the goal is you know to do the best action you can do yeah but keep it repeatable and and some some stunts like going down a set of stairs you they're just not going to feel good you're right but it doesn't mean it puts you out that's the that's the difference and and if you know what you're doing um most of the time aside from any unforeseen circumstances then you can you can repeat those stunts and and it may suck a little more every time, but you're you you should be walking away from it. The way that's that's always the goal is that you're gonna walk <laughs> away from it and be able to do do the next stunt because yeah. there's another example, but that movie I was on I was on a different set almost every day and we were back mm. to back doing really big gags. So as beat up as I was getting, I was also trying to make sure that my decision making process kept in mind that hey next week you got to do that other big gag so you know don't don't ruin yourself on this one because then you're not going to get to go to that one um well that's a really interesting uh interesting mindset too and you know this podcast is all about finding adventure in the everyday so i love this idea that every day you're out there doing a new adventure a new scene a new stunt i think it it plays in really well but these things are really dangerous and the way that you're talking right now is kind of like obviously you're thinking about you know your limits for the most part but you're still hucking your body in outrageous ways across all these different things and things like do go wrong on set and i was watching the news the other day and i feel you probably i wonder how small the community is gabe there was a, a woman who actually passed away on a motor doing a motorcycle stunt did you know anything about her or or, or anything about that because the world you're in is just crazy it is a super a super small community, and and you know we don't always know everybody in it, but you almost always know somebody who was there, who was present, or right. it's, yeah. so it's it's absolutely small in that way, and and yeah, that that was a super super unfortunate event, and sadly we've had a couple of those this year. Hmm. Um, there was another amazing stuntman named John Bernacker who just passed away. Um, so our community's you know taken to pretty big hits back to back yeah um, but yeah i mean it, it, it's it's we are we're not doing the easiest thing on on these films you know and some right. of these films require some really really big action and sometimes it's sometimes it has nothing to do with the size of the action that's required and and multiple things go wrong or multiple miscommunications may happen sure um and i was not at either of those events so i could not speak on them but i in my own personal experience when stunts have gone wrong it's it's almost always a combination of mishaps it's right. it's never okay. just one okay. mistake right um, it always seems to be like mm. oh this this mistake happened and then oh and then also this and then also this and you know enough of those make something really have some serious consequences so so like i said i have no clue what happened um super mm. sad um 
sounds like I didn't know either of them and, and sounds like they're both amazing, amazing people. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's essentially what we're, what we're yeah. playing. We've got to, yeah. got to keep our head on our shoulders. We've got to always be looking for, um, what our out is if something doesn't go the way it's planned and, and, you know, we're lucky enough and I've been lucky enough to work for some amazing stunt coordinators whose, whose job it is to, to look out for that stuff and, and their experience, um, has absolutely saved me multiple times. Wow. So, um, Gabe, you've been in LA the last little bit. Are you you working there? Are you on some time off right now? No, I live in LA. So my family's here. I spend a lot of my time here. Um, just over the past, I'd say two years, um, since I had my daughter, mm-hmm. I really stopped taking big jobs. So I'm no longer okay, doing really? any of these these big four month runs um, that aren't in LA. For me, I just I've seen too many people, both inside our business and outside, that you know weren't weren't fortunate enough to be at their child's birth or at yeah, yeah. at these amazing you know. Um, points in their in yeah, their big milestones because because you know the job is demanding and and for sure. me i kind of promised myself that as long as i could as long as i could make things work otherwise i was not going to allow that to happen right so i i kind of talked i i talked to my wife and i said look i'm i'm one i'm focused on on our company on tempest free running mm-hmm. and really trying to grow that and build that and and two i'm focused on my daughter and not in that order sorry <laughs> but <laughs> but i'm focused on my daughter as well and i want to i want to be here you know yesterday i got to go to like she we just put her in this preschool near our house and they had like a little orientation and that's the kind of shit i want to go to i want to be sure. a part of that right yeah you um, want to go there so, you want to go to the playground and you want to shred it up and impress everybody and then get out of there yeah and and i want to i want to continue to do some work in film and tv but i i want it to kind of be um you know i want it to be something that that adds to my life and doesn't take away from it if it makes any Mm -hmm. sense so i'm just being a little pickier about you know how long i leave town for and and what kind of jobs and the demand of of what they might require you know I, I had a rough one last year where I had to turn down uh, Kingsman too. Okay. Oh, really? That's tough. Kingsman. Kingsman is one of my favorite films. That first one was so good, and I had I had a lot of fun watching that. And I was like, oh man, uh, this is rough. <laughs> that well, that was a really hard one. I strongly considered like trying to move my whole family out to London for that time, and right. And, you know, a lot of stuff went through the mind. But at the end of the day. Um, all the things that we accomplished both in our company and in our family over the year was, you know, made it all well worth mm-hmm. it. And, well, and good, you know, good for somebody you. else got to do that. So that's great. Good for you. I think that's, um, that's very commendable. I need to hear how your story is still, still happening and to see some of those choices that you've made where, you know, this kind of glamorous life of being on set all the time to, you know, not that your life now isn't, glamorous it's just glamorous in a different way and that's that's i think a pretty cool thing for our listeners to take into perspective when hearing your story um if you think about all of the adventures that you've had and all of the stuff that's been going on in in your life over the past number of years do you have any advice for for people who are trying to add more adventure to their to their lives is there something that that uh 
that you would you would have as a little practical advice? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of easy and basic, really. For me, it's like what if if it pops into your mind and it excites you, you should probably do it or try mm. it. And and it's it's kind of a. I probably have had to learn that more the past couple years having a daughter. Um, but an amazing uh, friend and I would say role model for me, uh, Sean Graham, who's a stunt coordinator, um, super successful stuntman coordinator, doubles Mark Wahlberg. Um, he, he gave me some advice. You know, I made a habit. As soon as I found out I was having a little girl, I made a habit of every stunt coordinator I came across, I, I'd ask him, you know, like, hey, give me one one piece of dad advice. Just one right, thing. Right. Just cool. one thing. And and for me, his his was the most interesting because it was like the answer that I think a lot of parents would never give you. And and he said, you know, like you've got to remember to to do the things that make you who you are. Because in in the concept or the idea that I got out of this these were not in his words but was this idea that like if you allow having a child to change you so much that you're no longer enjoying yourself then the Mm -hmm. time you spend with that child is no longer going to be both as enjoyable or as um like that's not the real or full you yeah essentially you know an example he gave me was like look if i'm driving home from a long day at work and i know that if i get home i'm going to see my kids for an hour before they go to bed but i really want to go surf for like 20 minutes 30 minutes he's like i need to go and surf for that 20 or 30 minutes because then when i get home in the 30 minutes that i spend with those kids I'm going to be the happiest me that I can be. Mm-hmm. And and that time is, is going to be the most well spent. But if oh, I keep skipping out on that and I go, I might be around them for an hour, but I'm going to be an unhappier me around them for that whole hour. Right. right. <clears throat> and, and, you know, the idea was that that stacks up, you know. Um, right. better, and, better quality to you. Yeah. And how many people have we all seen that, like, you know, use their kids as an excuse or like. Yep. Yeah. Don't, they, or, or hold grudges against them kids silently be, against their kids silently because you know yeah. they're out on things as a sacrifice for their kids like i so me and my wife talked about that a lot when i got that piece of advice and and said you know what like as as much as we will love our daughter she's coming into our world it's not the other way around so we are mm. going to continue being us so that she can see that like we are still full of life and zest and right. trying you know, so we, we tried very hard to still like go and do the things that um, we were doing before and and bring her to things rather than say like, oh, no, we're not going to go out because we got the baby. Like we 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 try very hard. Don't get me wrong. There's times where that that always will affect you and raising a child. No easy business. But, yeah, for us, it's it's about like continuing to do those things that that keep us happy and passionate and keep us feeling that, you know yeah that excitement yeah calvin's had his uh had his first kid a son noah he's about six months old calvin have you ever heard advice like that i have never heard advice like that and i'm very excited to like i think that's some of the best kind of we we often ask our 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 guests a little tip like that i think that's some of the most interesting advice we've ever got really for me anyways yeah well thanks to sean graham i'm just i'm just translating it to how i've seen it yeah Um, yeah but that it's it's made an impact on you and and it's obviously um 
No, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Where can people kind of find uh, find out about you and about your your company? So you can find me on uh, Instagram is pretty much the easiest place where I live. Yes. Um, at Gabriel Nunez one is is my uh, Instagram tag. Okay. Um, I'm on Facebook and I don't really participate in much other social media <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, and you can follow Tempest at Tempest Freerunning on pretty much any platform. Um, again, Instagram is, is where we kind of thrive. But um, you can also check us out at www.tempestfreerunning.com. And um, yeah, I mean, and, and we're always open to starting conversations and, and exploring yeah. um, ideas and concepts with people and getting feedback. So hit us up on, on any of those platforms and we'll do our best to... Uh, respond stay in touch i know that i have to go watch total recall now i just have I, to. I, I i felt like the biggest idiot that we hadn't seen that movie i tried to like <laughs> i didn't admit it for the longest time but then it had to come out <laughs> <laughs> it came out when we got mad at him for spoiling it so i mean i'm always a little disappointed when i like listen to um some media and they talk about people working with these big actors and they say they're total sweethearts yeah. and i'm always like there's always a little part of me that i'm like oh yeah he was where where i want the person to say like yeah adam sandler was a total jerk like i just kind of like right. want them to say that because i know that he is but uh well and I for mean, me for me i'm kind of like i don't actually want to talk about these other famous people because no. gabe is a really cool guy and i like I actually don't care about those other people and I don't need like the inside scoop on them. And, and I, I would get kind of annoyed if someone was talking to me and said, and all they oh, want to find out this is person one exactly. time is, is all this. So like, I was like, I was glad that he shared some of that stuff with us. Um, but also, you know, I didn't, I don't, you know, the reality of it you know, is all the names on his thing. He's bumped into so many people. It's cool. What's the reality? The reality of it is we talked to the most interesting person on a movie set. I really do think that, like you got he it. has totally. I think he just gets such an interesting perspective of how that whole thing, that whole machine works, and he gets to be like, yeah, I don't know, like so raw in like that is the huge like clickbaity thing of these movies is like that real like right. action, and he's the guy doing it, like how doing that, it. That's just in my mind, um, you know, the best person to talk to. Yeah. So next time we're together, Kyle, let's sit down with a big bowl of popcorn and uh, watch that movie and see if we can spot uh, Gabe's face in a you know, a bad angle or something like that. If, if we can tell it was him. You cut out again. I was saying next time we get together, let's chat. Uh, next time we get together, let's watch total recall and see if we can spot Gabe. If there was a shot that was screwed up or if we can tell it's him. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun to do that. Actually. I like, yeah. I, I just love those high budget action movies. They're just so unbelievable to me. <laughs> yeah. How can they do Pretty it? Funny. Yeah. 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 No, that was great. Um, so, anyways, but in, but but until then, let's uh, let's get out of here. This was a, another fun episode of the Open Road Podcast. You can find us online. Email us your adventure stories. If there's someone you think we should talk to, send us a note. Jeremy at openroadpod.com or Calvin at openroadpod.com or go find us on Instagram and make sure to go follow Gabe. He's got some cool stuff uh, on the go. Okay, that's it. Have a great week. Um, Jared, I'm still feeling a little bit of drone jealous, so I mean, if your buddy's cool, then I'd like to take that off his hands for a little bit and learn it. Um, <laughs> no manual required, obviously. I just feel that I would master it in you know, probably 10 minutes or less. Yeah, first step, go to the App Store and download the DJI drone app, okay? All right, go cool. Do that, I'm on it. And I'm then, on it. 
And uh, for all you other folks out there, go live an adventure this week. Thanks for tuning in. All right, thanks. Bye-bye.